What's up, everybody? John Hoover, AllSooners.com, along with Ryan Chapman, Randall Sweet. Post-game podcast is here. This is episode 210. I checked this time. Episode 210. Wait. Does that mean that the post-game pod for you, Texas, is going to be episode 212? Yes. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Oklahoma will win, will win that game. You heard it here first. Probably by a lot. 212 is the uh, water, is the temperature at which water boils. It's also the number that Brent Venables and his staff have stolen, appropriated for uh, this team. What's the what's the well, slogan? He, he does he to does, affect change. You have yeah. to push to 212 degrees. Yeah. That's that's what the 212 Foundation is, and that's what the weird online Uber online Brian Bosworth pregame video is. If, yeah. if you if you happen to keep track of all the weird then you understand what one more degree means. It, one it's more degree. 212 degrees. Listen, uh, I can tell you we're at 212 right now here in this room because uh, we posted, what did I say, 24 pieces of content at allsooners.com from this game. 24, folks. Check it out, allsooners.com. We've got videos. We've got highlights. Uh, we've got interviews. We've got the whole schmear because this game deserved it. 50 to 20. They hung a 50-burger on the Iowa State Cyclones. John Heacock hasn't had a whole lot of 50 burgers hung on him as uh, Iowa State's defensive coordinator. And same for Matt Campbell since he's been at Iowa State, eight years I think now. Uh, this was an impressive performance. A couple of early hitches for the Oklahoma uh, <laughs> defense. They got them solved, they got them figured out, and here they are. 5-0, and undefeated going into Texas. Boys? It, it was a weird start because the first series of the game, Billy Bowman hits the 44-yard pick six, and you're thinking, no look ahead, all that. And then Oklahoma allows four straight scoring possessions from Iowa State. Iowa State picks up a huge chunk of their yardage on those four, and it wasn't just four possessions. It was stuff we hadn't seen this year, guys. It was busted. Like, we've seen a busted play here or there, but it was busted play after busted play, really undisciplined run fits. You had... Guys taking each other out of the play. Key Lawrence looked like he was going for a pick and then ducked out of it, and it turns out to be a 51-yard score. Uh, Billy Bowman hits Gentry Williams, and suddenly someone's scampering down the side. It was all the weirdness that you hadn't seen at Oklahoma's defense to this point, but in years past, that would have led to a full-blown Big 12 old-fashioned shootout. Instead, Oklahoma locked it down and after the first 20 minutes of the game, Oklahoma played shutout football. It was a really, really strong defensive performance for the last two-thirds of the game and plenty to build confidence on headed to the Cotton Bowl next week. I think I said in the post-game wrap down on the field, <laughs> the final three-and-a-half quarters, it was, it was two-and-a-half quarters, um, 258 yards by Iowa State on those four possessions. Four possessions, 258 <laughs> yards, 20 points. After that, zero points and 94 yards guys so i was getting text messages quinn ewers is salivating right now he's going to eat this this defense alive yeah it looked like it there for a little while but they figured some things out they got some things right randall yeah i mean like you said when when ou came out in the second half and really even in the second half of that second quarter it felt like they just turned the, the faucet off for um for Iowa State, I mean, like you guys mentioned, there were some some uncharacteristic mistakes, maybe or uh, uncharacteristic of this season, maybe more characteristic of what we've seen in the past. 
uh, from Oklahoma's defense. I saw social media was going crazy talking about that this is the same OU defense of the past. But I think what, what we're, where we really saw the difference is that a lot of past OU teams, when things got bad, bad turned to worse, especially on defense. And I would say that tonight, uh, it was very much the opposite. I mean, when, when things got bad, Oklahoma's defense buckled down and they were able to, like you guys said, uh, after that first 20 point, um, I mean, it was 21 to 20 at one point. And I remember sitting in the end zone thinking, well, maybe maybe we have a game on our hands. I, I, didn't, I did not realize that this was gonna be so tight. And from that exact, I mean, that moment on, OU, Iowa State could do nothing. OU shut them down. Um, OU's defense shut Iowa State's offense down. Uh, Rocco Becht couldn't get anything going. Obviously, you know, you guys mentioned a few big plays through the air. Um, I think it was literally two big plays through the air that, yep. that set them up both times. There was a few big runs here and there where OU, uh, you know, missed some tackles. But all in all, after the first quarter, after those first four drives, Oklahoma's defense looks like we've looked like it has the rest of the season. Yeah, and that's what Brent Venable said was maybe the best part. The most encouraging part is they did screw up, they did trip, they did stumble, they did fall. They did give up a 67-yard touchdown and a 51-yard touchdown to Jaden Higgins and Jalen Knoll. So you have those things, and then all of a sudden you have this, I don't know, switch that got flipped, this, this <laughs> internal determination that this was not going to spiral out of control, that this was not going to turn into what we saw four or five times, four or five different games last year, that those guys, uh, they, they know what they're doing, and they were able to fix it, turn it around, stop the bleeding, and uh, and kind of dominate from that point forward. Now the, the two touchdowns, you had two defensive backs, Oklahoma defensive backs kind of collide. You had another one where it looked like he was raising his hands to catch the ball. The guys were going after interceptions, and I said this, they came into tonight eight interceptions in four games that was ranked second in the country. And I asked Danny Stutzman this question, hey, when you got that many interceptions on your on your ledger, you kind of take more risks, and he said, "Yeah, you got to risk it for the biscuit to get those interceptions. You've got to, you got to take it. Uh, you know, you got to put it out there and say, the ball's in the air. It belongs to us. Let's go get it. Ah, oh, crap, we missed it, and the guy's going the other way. So, so there's an inherent risk with trying to get as, as many interceptions as they as they do as they have. They now have ten on the season. Uh, but defensive performance, man." Ryan, I can't say enough about it. I, I think I'd said too much just now, but maybe I can't say enough. Yeah, it, it's just it, this was a different performance than what we've seen uh, the rest of the year. They were still really good on third and fourth down. I, I think that what we've talked about um, a couple of times, mainly the SMU game and the Cincinnati game, bad things not snowballing. There was that period against Tulsa where Cornell Williams comes in. They had to ratchet things back up. We just haven't seen Oklahoma defenses find a way to respond like this since 2011, maybe? Like, yep. it, it's been a very long time, and Oklahoma has done it in three of the five games. That's really encouraging. Now, Iowa State stinks. This is an awful football team that Oklahoma just played. Like, that's an LOL, laugh out loud, bad football team. They might not win another Big 12 game. They got Oklahoma State. Congratulations. Quinn Ewers, if he has time, he'll be able to pick this secondary apart if they play like that at any point. And they might not be able to get that back because as much as Dylan Gabriel talks about being in momentum, it's not Emory Jones. It's not Rocco Becht. 
It's not Cardell Williams. That's a legitimate guy that's, that's going to be out there. You can't afford to let him get into that kind of rhythm. But the fact that Oklahoma's coming back, making plays on the football, even after the, the rocky period, he had Jensher Williams had that other interception. That's all good stuff, and, and you can't take that away uh, from this group. But I, I think everyone knows the score next week. you, you got to play your best game of football, and that means – that you can't have a, a four-possession moment like that, or it's going to get a shootout, and as good as Dylan Gabriel's been, I'm not picking Dylan Gabriel in this Oklahoma offense to win a shootout against Texas. Yeah, that's going to be a tough call, especially you're talking about a quarterback that's been graded as a first-round guy uh, in Quinn Ewers, and he's got some really good receivers. Uh, we'll get into the Texas game a little more here in a minute, but I want to, I want to transition to the, uh, the special teams. Before we get to offense, I want to transition to tonight's special teams uh, efforts. Another block punt for, Billy, or for uh, Peyton uh, Bowen. Uh, the, kids got, uh, the kids got something special. And they said that, the coaches told us that, after the first block punt of the season, when he wasn't even supposed to be there, and he ran in there and blocked that punt anyway, uh, this one, he basically took the ball off the punter's foot, could have caught it, could have strolled into the end zone. As it turned out, uh, Trace Ford tried to dive on it, a little too much momentum, slung it around, ball went out of bounds for a safety, Oklahoma gets the ball back, then comes down and kicks a field goal. So they got five points out of it. Pretty, uh, and then the field goal, I mentioned the field goal, Zach Schmidt makes two out of three field goals. His first miss of the 2023 season, it was a very makeable kick, 34 yards I think it was. High leverage, um, high leverage situation. What well, got him last year? But yes, he rebounded. Yes, he did. He rebounded. He made his next two. So, uh, special teams. I thought you were down there on the field. Give us a sense of how fast things were moving and uh, the special teams that uh, Oklahoma had tonight looked pretty successful. Yeah, I mean, when when uh, Iowa State was dropped. I don't want to say dropping back, when they were lined up to punt, uh, every time it felt like they were, especially after the punt block, but even before that it felt like they were worried about, you know, Oklahoma screaming off the edge up the middle. And, you know, on that on that play that um, Peyton Bowen does get the punt block, I mean, there's multiple guys in the backfield. Yeah. They Obviously I'm not saying they could have gotten it, but they could have got Trace Ford, some of those other guys could have got close. Uh, I mean, I think the job that Jay Nunez has done uh, on the, specifically on punts, but in special teams in general is, is very commendable. I think that it's no, it's a noticeable difference from what we've seen in years past um, on the punt block side of things. Uh, I do think on kickoffs, there's something. Zach Schmidt kicked one out of bounds. He kicked a weird line drive kick out of bounds tonight, which um, I don't really know what happened there because he obviously has the leg to kick it out the back of the end He's zone. He's been he, kicking off great this year. Yeah, I mean he he um, you know he usually puts it out the back of the end zone. It was really interesting. Um, uh, maybe he just didn't get all of that one. I don't know. Um, but aside from that, the one that he pushed out of bounds, the missed field goal, uh, I thought OU special teams played really well. Uh, it's it's kind of interesting that Gavin Freeman hasn't been able to get going in the return game, especially after you know uh, we saw what he could do in yep. week one. Uh, obviously, I think OU would love to get him going, but um, you know I think it was a really sound game from the special teams. That uh, that 46 yarder by Schmidt made five bucks for my man Ryan here. Sorry, you weren't up here. I said. Because he missed the 36-yarder 30, uh, to start the game. And I said, he lines up for a 46-yarder. And I'm like, dude, if he makes this, I'll give you five bucks. <laughs> right down the middle. And I was like, here's your five bucks, Ryan. So that's that's how I am. I'm a man of my word. Put my money where my mouth is. Well, and 
what better week than Iowa State week to, to have some nice little side wagers in the press box? <laughs> was that even <laughs> was that even a wager? I, I well, you, you were like you didn't have to give me anything. It was a time. declaration. I was <laughs> like, I'm not betting you. I'm just gonna give you I'm five dollars. I'm just gonna give you, and I was just like, and it's uh, it's nice in, in my pocket. I'm sure that I'll uh, I'll have the next All Sooners lunch. Or I'll chip it. I'll get the tip next time. And get the cokes on Monday. At yeah, the, at the Coke machine. Uh, so you guys probably can tell by now. Uh, all three of us are pretty freaking sick we're all three sneezing and coughing and uh i barely made it through the press conference he's down there sneezing on the field i wonder how all three of us got sick yeah well i think i i think i gave it to him and then whatever he got in cincinnati i think he gave it back to me and i haven't been around you that much but here we are stay away right after the stay away i did stay in a hotel room in cincinnati I forgot about that. Forgot about that. <laughs> I'm coughing because I'm laughing, and I'm laughing because I'm coughing. And it's 1.45 in the morning, and we still haven't talked about the offense. Dylan Gabriel was fantastic tonight. What? Uh, I, I, we do have to have a little funeral here. Um, the Jackson-Arnold short yardage package needs Gone. to go away. Because yeah. Dylan Gabriel was more effective on three runs on the goal line against <laughs> Iowa State than Jackson-Arnold was at any point against SMU and any point against Tulsa. Yeah. And that's not a shot at anybody. Right. It's just when the defense does it, like when the defense knows Jackson-Arnold's going to line up and run the football or, hey, one of you needs to look for a weird pass, it, they play it a little bit differently. When Dylan Gabriel's able to do it within the flow of the game, and you see – Dylan Gabriel, if you just watch his interviews and his press conferences, you see a guy that's calm, cool, collected, moment doesn't seem too big. Then if you watch Dylan Gabriel truck a linebacker in the <laughs> north end zone and then get up and, and give him some. Give him a shoulder in the chest. He, he basically right? said, like, yeah, after, after the game, he said his dad's a basketball coach. And what do you want to do? You always want an and one, right? And he's like, <laughs> I, he basically said, I got a couple of and ones tonight. He he was phenomenal in the run game. I thought he made great decisions. And then the 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 little nitpick or the the frustration that Oklahoma fans had coming out of last week's game in Cincinnati, he hit on all the deep balls. He did. Now, was it was back to the Dylan Gabriel the first three weeks where he's hitting on the deep balls, and maybe there's one or two that you could have put a yard or two out in front, stuff like that. On the Brendan Thompson one, he said that was more just he didn't see him fast enough, and then that. He needs to see him faster and get rid of the ball faster. But what Jeff Levy had said about Dylan Gabriel through three weeks was he was giving guys a chance to go up and make yeah. plays. And you had Andrew Anthony not be the guy tonight. It was Jill Farouk, Jaden Gibson, uh, Brennan Thompson, and Nick Anderson. Those guys all went up and got big, big chunk plays over the top. That's the stuff Oklahoma has to do next week if they want to beat Texas. I told Dylan Gabriel telepathically during the game. Dylan, I might, I might have put it in the blog. Dylan, don't worry. Go ahead and throw it as far as you can. You're not going to overthrow Brennan Thompson. That kid is a speed demon. Oh, my God, he's fast. He's faster than fast is what Brent Venable said. 10-1-800. I mean. 10-1-8 is his time. I asked him. Ah. He said he tells people 10-2. Because he ran a lot of ten twos, but ten one eight is his fastest time. I mean, bro, to, that's flying. To run a lot of ten twos is pretty impressive. I know, right? <laughs> I would take one yeah. and retire. I think. I think. Uh, I, honestly, most collegiate athletes would take one ten two. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive. He ran track at Texas too, and said he fought through some injuries. He had a good interview tonight. He he stuck around uh, and talked to several of us for several minutes. So, allsooners.com is where you can find that interview or my YouTube channel. But uh, the wide receivers as a whole were fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and watching. Watching them down on the field, I mean, these guys, 
Jaden Gibson, obviously you could see it from the, the broadcast, but that physical. I mean, this is a guy who's not the, the thickest guy out there on the field, but obviously uh, will not go down easily. Uh, he's going he's gonna to make, make you work for it every time you're bringing that guy down. He uh, said he's fighting to get in the end of the leg. He's literally fighting guys, punching them. and. <laughs> He wants, to, he wants to hurt people to get in the end zone. You're not going to stop him inside the 10. Those are his words. Which is, it's funny that that, that like kind of tough guy demeanor comes out of him because all the receivers say yeah. he's the biggest cheerleader yeah. in the receiver room. He's the biggest supporter of everyone. But I mean, he got his tonight. Nick Anderson with, I think, two catches. One of them was the deep 39-yard touchdown. Uh, I mean, I, for a guy who's six foot four, 210 pounds, true a redshirt freshman, to move as well as he does, I mean, it just... Not a lot of not a lot of receivers that look like that and move that well. Uh, Drake Stoops obviously did his thing. You know what what we're used to seeing Drake Stoops do. You know, eat underneath and, and get those hard yards. You know, short touchdowns uh, kind of be. It's going to sound very stereotypical, but the security blanket. I yeah. mean, that, that really is what he is. He got knocked around a little bit today too. Yeah, so <laughs> tough dude. Yep. That, I mean, that's his that's him his mo. And I mean, like you said, Farouk. Brennan Thompson catching those deep balls. I mean, I think both of those you could say maybe were underthrown, but like Ryan mentioned, DG giving those guys a chance to even get the ball. I mean, on a, I think Jaleel Farouk's catch might have been a, a pass interference call as well. So even if Farouk isn't able to come down with the ball, it's still turning into a positive play. I mean, these guys are getting open. We thought that the receivers coming into the year would be the weak point of this mm -hmm. offense. I mean, honestly, they've probably been the strongest position group on the offense. I mean, yeah. when you look at what a guy like Nick Anderson has given you as a true a redshirt freshman, a guy like, I mean, you're throwing in guys like Brennan Thompson who haven't caught a pass all year and first catch of the season, what, 54 yards? Yep. Like Ryan mentioned, Andrew Anthony, who has been the team's number one receiver, had a great season. I mean, did he catch a pass One tonight? catch for 16 yards. Exactly. I mean, so even on an off night from the number one guy, the rest of the receiver room still looks great, uh, picks up the slack. And I think that going forward, the Sooners have to utilize the receivers, have to use those guys to attack opposing defenses because that's the best skill position players they have right now. Best thing is we get to see Brennan Thompson go against Texas. He played at Texas last year, caught like one pass for 32 yards against Oklahoma State. He explained, and check it out on the video at allsooners.com, he explained why he went to Texas instead of OU and why in the transfer portal he chose OU from Texas. Uh, the move that he did to get back to the football was straight out of Maverick, was straight out of Tom Cruise's uh, F-18, man. He was like, oh, you're catching me? Okay, well, I'm going to slow down. You guys are going to go past me. I'm going to catch this football. Big time move. Do you think he'll keep up any international relations with the 50? <laughs> uh, they were inverted. They were inverted. No, it, he, you saw too that it, it wasn't just the, the deep shot they took. Jeff Levy then comes back in the second half and you see him trying to get him some swing passes out of the mm -hmm. backfield, trying to yep. get that thing going. So it'll be really interesting to see how Oklahoma uses those guys next week. Mm -hmm. I, I really think that they should just sit back and let Dylan Gabriel throw. If, if, <laughs> The offensive line is going to protect like they did today against a really good Iowa State defensive line. Really well coached. Maybe doesn't have the talent they've had in years past. It's not like a Will McDonald in that group. Still really well coached. And the running game, they gave them enough today. It was fine. Marcus Major got into a little bit of a rhythm. We saw Gavin Sawchuk and Tawi Walker. Brent Minable said after the game that Javante Barnes just isn't 100% healthy. Sounds like he's not fully recovered from that foot procedure that he underwent kind of mid to late spring. And so um, it was interesting. I, I thought that though Rick Ritman will set on Tuesday, it's hard to get four guys in. 
if Javante Barnes was healthy and available, I think they would have been able to get those four guys in, though no one really dominate or establish themselves. But if, if Oklahoma can get that 3.8 yards per carry next week in the Cotton Bowl, they'll be fine as long as Dylan Gabriel's not turned over the football because uh, it's hard to understate what Emmett Jones has done with this group. And, and real quick, too, I do think we should highlight for as much as we talk about nitpicking, underthrows, things like that, the ball to Nick Anderson was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. And, and best throw of the year. Yeah. One of, one of Dylan Gabriel's best throws at OU. And, uh, you know, just to quickly mention the running backs, Tommy Walker popped one for 60 yards that got called back there at the end of the game. By and, and, and Right, by a, hold, a, res, a holding call on the receiver. So J.J. Hester, no less. Welcome, yeah. welcome back, J.J. Hester. <laughs> I, let, I, let the guy go. I just thought um, that's interesting. I, it, it would be interesting to see what the, the yards per carry and the total rushing numbers look like with that added on. Yeah, Marcus Major averaged 3.5. Ga, uh, Gavin Sawchuk averaged 2.9. And Tommy Walker, 4.2. So that's not very productive. Dylan Gabriel led the way for, with all runners with uh, 4.6 yards per carry. That's not what you're after. You would hope that five games into the season that they would have that figured out. On the eve of the Texas game, still not. We, we were talking down on the field, um, you know, about how many, you know, can how many runs of 20 plus yards, 30 plus yards can we remember from this team this season? I mean, obviously, Tawi Walker has one long run down the sideline against SMU. Tommy Walker again pops one tonight mm -hmm. that did get called back. But it really just makes me think, I mean, every I feel like every time we're watching an OU running back in this year's specific offense break tackles, make positive plays, it feels like Tommy Walker's doing yeah. that more than the other guys in the back. Well, I just think that's interesting. I can tell you, it's Tommy Walker's 30-yarder. Marcus Major's longest run this year was the two 19-yarders from last week in Cincinnati. And right. nobody else has gotten close. So yeah. uh, Major had an 18-yard run tonight. Uh, Walker had that 60-yard run. He got ran down by the Iowa State defense. Yes, Again, like I don't defense. holding, not holding. Yeah. That's not gonna fly next mm -hmm. week. He's he's not gonna bust off more than a thirty-yard run. Uh, best case scenario. Let's talk about next week and how this game this week uh, for both Oklahoma and Texas could have been a prime look-ahead spot, a prime uh, trap game for uh, Oklahoma, Iowa State, mm -hmm. and for Texas at home against Kansas. You look at the halftime of the Texas game, they're up 13-7 against Kansas. They end up winning 40-14. to This game was 21-20. Oklahoma ends up putting their foot down and wins 50-20. Um, opportunity was there for both teams to look ahead. And, and I think that uh, maybe initially it was a little cagey at first, but I think you saw, as has been the case for Oklahoma all year long, they've just been overwhelming talent to pull away yeah. and good coaching adjustments. I think you've seen that from Texas as well. Texas has also been really good in second halves and in fourth quarters this year. That's the sign of, of two squads that are in their second and third years, respectively, in their specific systems. Straight able to coaches, go in, all that. Yeah, make those adjustments at halftime, all that stuff. And who would have thought in the little old Big 12 that it's, it's you know, this, this little upstart Oklahoma program and a Texas squad that never has any talent or anything like that. Those are the last two undefeated teams in the Big 12. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Uh, Brett Yormark and his merry little band of Big 12 presidents and chancellors, not happy, I'm sure, that, I mean, I'm, he, listen. Did you see the Yormark curse continue today? No, did it? So he was on hand for Texas Tech to get their, yes. uh, their that's, right. Uh, that's right. It's, it's two in the morning. 
to get beat by Oregon. Uh, he was on hand for Baylor to get pants by Texas State yeah. week one. Since he was in OU. Cincinnati last week. And Baylor back from the dead. <laughs> he was in Orlando. Brett Yormark at Yormark does not need to show up in Dallas next weekend. I think Greg Sankey should come to the game. That's a good idea. You, you know, you, you mentioned uh, Texas Tech. We got a, uh, you know, Joey McGuire, I think it was last year, maybe before the year, said the Big 12 runs through Lubbock. Well, sure. today before the game, we got Bob Stoops saying the Big 12 runs through Norman. Yep. Uh, Joey McGuire's uh, wrong. Joey McGuire's an idiot. Joey <laughs> McGuire has could not be further from the truth. When has the Big 12 ever run through Lubbock? You're from Lubbock, you should know. I, I, I do know, um, at least not while I was there, it never ran through Lubbock. <laughs> Maybe in baseball years? <laughs> when it's basketball Track and field? Team, track and field. <laughs> it's a joke of an athletic department for all the money in the bank. This game uh, is going to be good. Ryan, give us the numbers. Uh, first time since 2011 that both teams are undefeated, is that right? Yeah, first time since 2011 both teams are undefeated. First time since 2019 that's a top 15 matchup. That was when Texas was coming off with the close loss to the Joe Burrow LSU squad, yeah, so yeah. they hadn't fallen out. Um, I don't think that enough happened in front of Oklahoma for OU to jump into the top 10 in the AP poll. They're but 14 right now. Yeah, if, if it had, it would have been the first time since 2008 that it was a top 10 matchup. That obviously was a absolute heavyweight brawl. Uh, college game day is going to be on hand. That, that? that was announced pretty quickly. Um, it sounds like game day is efforting Baker Mayfield to make an appearance as the Bucks are off next week. I would not be stunned at all if Baker Mayfield's your guest picker. And boys, it hasn't felt like this in a long time going into OU Texas. And that's why I think, uh, look, on, on the we talked about this on Wednesday on the morning show, uh, Eddie and I, Spent just as much time talking about Texas as we did about Iowa State, and our message was, please, for the love of God, take care of business in Norman, take care of business in Austin. Both teams held up their end of the bargain. Let's brawl. It was a uh, it was an interesting Saturday, Randall, because both teams kind of stumbled early with their uh, their opponents, but they both pulled away late. Like Ryan said, they showed halftime adjustments. I thought they showed superior conditioning we're talking about another year under the strength coach jerry schmidt in oklahoma's case um just overall what did you notice from the way oklahoma was able to pull away in the second half today yeah i mean they uh fitness conditioning all that good stuff because yes. it was hot starting the game uh so again i to mention that i'm going to call back to a phrase that we've heard uh, a million times already competitive depth i mean these guys OU's rotating tons of guys in on the defensive line. I mean, the, the secondary we're seeing, Reggie Pearson, Key Lawrence, uh, Peyton Bowen, Billy Bowman. I mean, all, all sorts of guys are getting run in the secondary. Again, Makari Vickers played some today. Josiah Wagner was getting in a cornerback. I mean, the rotation uh, really ke uh, keeps these guys from getting fatigued. And, and I mean, when, when the defenders, I mean, are in the game, the defensive backs, the up front, they're they're fresh and they're, it shows they're playing really well. I mean, um, Stutzman and Kanick, they're obviously the, the main uh, two linebackers. I think that they're pretty well ahead of the rest of that linebacking core, so they play um, the overwhelming majority of snaps there. But, I mean, really the defensive line, the secondary, it feels like every drive they're rotating guys in. And, I mean, the defensive line, every few plays it feels like guys are <coughs> rotated in and out. Uh, you know, kind of going with the formation. But defensive backs, we saw a bunch of guys play, and, you know, a bunch, of, they played really well. I thought that Gentry Williams uh, throughout the game had a solid game. 
And I thought that, you know, obviously he had the interception. He had, a, I think, at least one tackle for loss, a few um, around the line of scrimmage. And, I mean, just the um, – there was never – being down on the field, OU's sideline never felt um, dead or um, – I, I don't know the word I'm looking for – unenergized. Uh, you know, like, like a lot of times you see uh, if a team is up big or they should be up big and they're not, uh, or a team comes back on them, then they, the sideline kind of starts to die, the energy goes away. That never happened with OU's sideline. Um, you know, you saw Venables rally the troops when, when Iowa State got it close, there was no panic. He, you know, he brought the team in the huddle. I, I can't pretend to know what he was saying, but he, uh, you know, brought the team in the huddle. It seemed, seemed like they were calm. It, see, it seemed like he gave them a message where the gist was, you're fine, go out and play your brand of football. And from then on, that's what Oklahoma did. I think we're all uh, looking ahead to next week. I think we're all now that now that the game is here, now that both teams are undefeated, five and zero. We're we're all sitting here uh, coughing, of course, and sleepy, of course. But we are pretty stoked about Oklahoma, Texas next week. I'll read you guys a couple numbers from this Iowa State game. Last game they'll ever play in conference play against Iowa State. Uh, needs to be the last game ever. I'm, needs, needs to be the I'm last done game with this. It's it's the most lapsided series in Power 5 football. That's where I'm going It doesn't this. need to play 80 of the 89 games played in history between these two teams, 80 of them have been won by Oklahoma. That's 91%. That's the highest winning percentage of any Power 5 team against any other Power 5 team in games they've played more than 50 times. So OU is... Uh, this one looked like one of those old-school ass-kickings. Yeah. It just did. Um, uh, there for about a quarter and a third, a quarter and a quarter, quarter and a half. Uh, Iowa State was, was confounding things a little bit for this Oklahoma defense that has now given up five touchdowns in five games. So maybe Quinn Ewers is licking his chops a little bit. Maybe he's a little bit concerned as well that, oh, this Oklahoma defense could be for real. We'll see. Was it uh, Barry Switzer that said there are no Iowa States in the NFL? <laughs> Matt Campbell has brought that program back to it's a bye week unless you're an incompetent football team like Oklahoma State. That's a mean thing to say. That's you, true. You took like three shots at three different three different people. Well, it, it, <laughs> the Big 12 stinks. It's really bad. Yeah, Big 12's not good this year. Sorry, Brett Yormark. Uh, it's just not. Don't worry. Colorado's coming through. They can't run a two-minute drill. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that um, this is why we don't podcast after dark. I get mean. I, I think I think one one other thing is how big of a win this could be for Oklahoma if they're able to, you know, obviously beat the Longhorns. Now that we'll talk much more about that as the week goes on, but I mean, just thinking about it initially, Texas is right now top three. I can't imagine that they would slide uh, any any further after a forty to fourteen victory yep. over a ranked team. Um, and so, aside from the rivalry game, when was the last time that Oklahoma went out and beat a top three team. Um, now, I mean, that that would be a huge. We'll win have to them. look that one up. So yeah. Ohio State, twenty seventeen. Yeah, I think that's right. Were they number three or four, something like that? So I mean, not only to get that win, but we s repeatedly said coming into the year, I mean, we're saying it now. Big Twelve is terrible. OU's schedule is really weak. I mean, one of the other better Big Twelve teams, Kansas State. Not even on OU schedule. Texas Tech, again, they don't look great, but it's a team that last year beat OU, not on the schedule this year. Uh, and so, without those, with the lack of marquee matchups, winning this game for Oklahoma would be huge. Bottom line is uh, Oklahoma, as Brent Venable said a couple of times during his postgame press conference tonight, they've got a long way to go. Yeah. 
what they're going to see next week uh, against Texas and those wide receivers, Whittington, and Xavier Worthy, and JT Sanders. AD Mitchell. And, uh, Donnie Mitchell. Uh, I heard Sanders rolled his ankle today. Yeah, some, some things to look for. Texas' offensive line has been a little, a tinge banged up. Um, Jatavian Sanders rolled his ankle. Um, and Texas has played a couple of backup quarterbacks yep. uh, here in a row. And yep. so uh, it, it's not close with, with Jalen Daniels not giving it a go today in Austin. Dylan Gabriel is by far the best quarterback Texas will have played this season. So it is, as he much as – needs to stay healthy in practice. Yes, needs to stay healthy <laughs> in practice. But as, as much as we're laser-focused on Oklahoma and the questions that we cover from our end of things right. is the Oklahoma defense for real, stuff like that, Texas has not seen a quarterback like Dylan Gabriel because of uh, what Milrow is bringing to the table and, and some backups plus the schedule. So mm-hmm. as much as this is a test for Oklahoma, it'll be a huge test for Texas' defense. But all the – Onus of, of uh, anything is on Oklahoma because they're the ones that got wiped out 49 to nothing last year. Yep, right? and that came up several times during the postgame press conferences or the postgame interviews. 49 nothing. Guys are looking forward to it. Danny Stutzman, uh, Dylan Gabriel, who didn't even play in that game. Guys were talking about it. Brandon Thompson said, hey, man, it was great for me. I had a fun time because <laughs> he was playing for Texas at the, at the time. But uh, there are guys that uh, – are and have been focused you know you ask them and they say yeah sure of course it's circled on the calendar but it's just another game it's just another game uh like brent venable said they've got a lot of work to do uh those guys are going to be if they're if they're if they have plays next week like they had tonight texas is going to do what iowa state did and that's tournament touchdowns yeah anything you guys want to finish with i think Jaden gibson was the one that said he's been trying not to think about this game for two weeks <laughs> they're human beings uh we had heard that there was a bad defensive practice this week and that it was maybe an eyeball ahead. Well, maybe that showed up a little bit. There should be no practices. There should be no low energy. Uh, all the motivation you need, whether it's new guys that didn't experience that taste of defeat last year, playing your first OU Texas, college game day, all that stuff. Danny Stutzman, who was on the field for that embarrassment last year. Dylan Gabriel, who had to just watch it helplessly from the sideline. Uh, there will be no excuses for anything this weekend. And, uh, boys, it's here. It's Christmas in October. Yep. I, I have one more thing. Your boy Stogner, one more catch tonight. <laughs> <laughs> one one step closer. Inching closer, To baby. the road to 40. No, but but seriously, I, I, I think Ryan um, hit the nail on the head. It's his, uh, This is going to be not only is it OU Texas, it's – even bigger than usual given the the ranking and also OU and Texas are maybe this is them painting themselves but I think that there's an element of this aspect throughout the conference that OU and Texas are seen as kind of the outcasts now that they're leaving mm-hmm. um, you know following this year so I think that uh, that makes this this game even more interesting Stogner was my under-the-radar pick today because Devon Mitchell was out here on his visit. Uh, I was predicting that they were going to try to feed Stogner the ball. I predicted like 16 catches for Stogner tonight because they they were going to show Mitchell, hey, here's how we do tight ends. Mitchell was out here going, coach, put me in right now. I'll go score a touchdown. Maybe they showed him film of uh, Braden Willis last year and said, hey, if you come to OU, you can even play quarterback. That's right. It's the – they showed transfers in the portal defensively Clemson tape. Uh, They showed Braden Willis tape. So – it, it should be fun, and, and here, here's the biggest thing that's going to come from next weekend. Two teams will walk in, one team will walk out, 
and that team will control their destiny to the yep. college football playoff. 100%. That's the spot that, that these two teams are in. That's the spot this conference is in. Uh, whoever loses that game should get another crack at it in Arlington yep. based off of f- a five-week body of work. But uh, whoever wins that game, they will be in the top four. Not that it matters what the first college football playoff ranking is, but whoever wins that game is just going to be simple. You tick off wins, and you'll be headed to the college football playoff. If, if Texas wins that game, there's a real shot that they're ranked number one in the first college football playoff. That's two games. really good wins, Alabama and Oklahoma. Right. I mean, and, and what is Georgia, what is some of the other teams put together? Yep. I, I, that's better than that. It's worth watching, folks. Uh, 11 a.m., college game day is going to be there. So what is that, 8 a.m.? They start at 8 a.m. now? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yes. I'm, that's before I can get up on a Saturday, trust me. We'll, we'll be walking into the State Fair of Texas about, about when College a. Game Day yep. fires So if you've got a good drunk going on, you want to you want to meet us at the gate at 8 a.m., that's where we'll be from your Friday night uh, partying, I guess. Friday night, having a good time. We do accept uh, Texas State Fair coupons, though, because we <laughs> – here's, here's the drill for us. Get to the press box, throw our crap down, leave the press box as soon as possible so we can get some Fletchers. Time for some corny dogs. You down for corny dogs? Oh, absolutely. All right. Let's rock. Corny dogs it is. 11 a.m. Saturday, college game day. Uh, We'll be there. Of course, the three of us will be. We'll have it covered remotely as well. We've got guys like Tim and Ross who are going to help us cover it like they did today. Like I said, 24 pieces of content on the website tonight, guys. For a 6 p.m. start was uh, pretty damn impressive. So uh, we'll have more of that because it's an 11 a.m. game. And it's OU Texas. It's the college football premier rivalry in the entire sport, in my opinion. Anybody got anything else to uh, – to, you want to you argue with me about uh, that? Uh, Ohio no. State, Michigan's pretty good. The Iron Alabama, Bowl. Auburn is pretty good. I'm taking OU Texas, and a lot of it is the way they split the stadium, state fair, all that stuff. The, st- the smells, the aromas, the sounds, all that stuff. Give me some big text. Give me some big text action. So, yep. hey, you mentioned 24 pieces of content. Don't stop there. By the time you listen to this, 6 a.m., our Dylan Gabriel story is going to hit the site, allsooners.com, what he had to say about that experience last year and, and everything that he went through and how he really embraced a different mentality this offseason to prepare really him. Tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was uh, my favorite probably 13 minutes we've had of Dylan Gabriel since he's been in Oklahoma. 10 a.m., we'll have another story on the defense and what they did to get things ratcheted up. So the content overfloweth. We'll yep. have our poll report whenever those drop. Uh, times are relative. It's like 1 p.m., I think, but uh, uh, it, it'll all be there as, as you unwind on your NFL Sunday and get ready for some OU Texas action. And as you guys know, it'll be we'll, it'll be posted all throughout the week. We're going to be back here on Monday. We're going to be back here on Monday and Tuesday. Coaches, <coughs> press conferences, coach interviews, player interviews after practice. We're going to have it all covered all week at all sooner. Did you have another finisher. I was going to say, poll report will be up in uh, less than 12 hours from the time we're recording this. Who needs sleep? <laughs> Who needs a two-hour drive home and then some sleep? So you guys got the morning stuff. That's it. I got nothing else. Appreciate you guys uh, watching as always. Uh, it is now 2.10 a.m. and we are leaving the press box. None too soon. For Ryan, for Randall, I'm Hoover. See you guys.